welcome back. So today we are going to talk all about dreams. We've got common dream meetings, we've got lucid dreaming, some science behind sleep and dreams, and recurring dreams. So basically anything you could ever ask for regarding dreams. So I'm going to start us off today. I am going to talk a little bit about some common dream meanings. I sourced a few different websites for this just to kind of cross-check. Um, and it was interesting to see how there is a lot of overlap between what like sleep specialists and dream specialists think common dreams mean. But there was also some like varied consensus about different ones. So... Um, the first number one most common thing that I found in my research was falling. Um, and I think almost everyone I know has ever, has had a falling dream. You know, the kind of where you like wake up with a start because you're feeling like you're going to plummet to your death in seconds. I hate that so much. I haven't had one in a real long time, but like you don't forget those and how they feel. They happen to me so frequently. Really? Yes, all the time. Oh my god, I don't, I think it's been, like, a long while since I've had one, like, where I literally feel like I'm gonna fall out of bed, like, I'm sure I've had a dream here and there where I've, like, fall, falled, (laughs) (laughs) or I fell, but, like, the jumpstart ones, I haven't had those in, like, forever, but if you are having those, it means something in your life isn't going well, you need to make a good choice. Damn! (laughs) And or you're on a lot of control, aren't we? Oh, damn. (laughs) So intense. I mean, given everything that's going on in our current era, who could blame anyone? (laughs) But um, yeah, so that's falling. And then teeth falling out. I literally have had one of these dreams one time. And it was during, like, a really bad time in my life where my teeth were all falling out. And it was, like, a bloody mess. Horrifying. But apparently this one has a lot of meaning. So it could be that you're worried about your appearance. You're concerned about your ability to communicate. Or may have said something embarrassing. You? uh, (laughs) Never. Something embarrassing? Same, no. Worried about my appearance? (laughs) You know what's, like, saying that just reminded me, did you guys ever watch, um, what movie was it? I think it's Role Models, and, like, the boss, the bald guy's in his room, like, in his office, and they have, like, video footage of him stealing TVs, and he's like, me, whatever his name is, me, stealing TVs? That's ridiculous, as they're, like, showing the footage. (laughs) I don't think I remember that, but that's I don't remember that part specifically. (laughs) Oh my god. I think it I can't remember if that's the movie it's in. It sounds like it's one of those movie things. It definitely was in that it's from that like era of comedy. I know that, but anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself (laughs) here. (laughs) Okay. So next is the ever classic being naked in public or in your underwear or test taking dream they all kind of fall under the same umbrella so basically if you're having this dream specialists think you're feeling like a fraud 
you have anxiety, you're afraid of revealing your imperfections, fear of failure. So, take your pick. You're insecure, go to therapy. (laughs) This is like one of the ones that I've had the most of so far, like completely, like, and it's usually in like a even more embarrassing, like middle school setting just to like top it off. But I haven't had that in like maybe a couple years, but yeah, that's a rough one. That is so interesting that we've all like all have had like a particular one that has affected us more than like any of the others. Um, I don't think I've ever had one of these dreams. I I have. And I know I explained it to you guys a little bit when we did our photos, but yeah, I have a reoccurring dream where I'm naked, but it is not a bad thing. I feel very powerful, so I guess I got that going for me, which is nice. I love that. That's amazing. One of the best Amelia stories I've ever heard. Do you want to share? Don't feel like you have to. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's just a dream I've had uh, since I was a kid, I remember the first time I had it. And it was literally like, I'm in the buff. And what I always thought was interesting, and I don't know if this applies to you guys, but in this particular dream, when I'm seeing myself naked, it's like the dream version of me being naked is the actual human version of me being naked. So like when I envisioned it when I was younger, I had my younger body. And then I've grown with my naked dream self. And I only say that because like, sometimes I'm like a kid in dreams or like, even though I'm an adult now, but yeah, anyway, I'm just, I'm naked and I start levitating and I'm usually flying over like my hometown in Massachusetts. (laughs) Oh my God. Down the center of town. And uh, it's very weird. And I, there's always a point where I like feel like I'm getting too high up into the sky and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to fucking die. And then I, my body knows to just bring me back down. So that's cool. I fucking love that. You know what's funny is that it also correlates with one of the other most common dreams, which is flying. And that one is like their meanings are freedom slash independence and or wanting to escape from everyday life. So (laughs) that is some interesting. Pick one. (laughs) Choose your adventure. (laughs) Literally. Perfect. Um, The next one is death. So, like, just everything I read about this reminded me a lot of the death tarot card where it's like, like, yes, it's an alarming thing because we all have to face the reality that it's coming for us all. But (laughs) in tarot cards and also dreams, it is thought to be a focus on transforming or moving on to something new. Um, So more of, like, that kind of, like, the death of an old thing and so that you can start a new venture or whatever. Um, The other thing I saw that was interesting is that um, parents who have dreams like this, like, specifically about their children, are or could be considered mourning a passage of time, um, just, like, as your child grows. So I thought that was an interesting little tidbit. That's kind of cute. Right? I'm just like, oh my god, I 
couldn't deal with it. <laughs> also, it sounds traumatizing to have a dream like that yeah. as a parent. I, I, I can't either, but I, I just re- makes me think like back in middle school again, here I am. Um, I feel like people would be just like going around being like, if you dream that you actually die, like you, you will never dream that you actually reach the point of death. Like it'll, you'll always wake up right before. And if you do dream of death, you'll, you're actually dying in real life. Like that was something that would just float around, you know, the recess yard. I remember that too. Um, Same. Okay. Cool. 90s kids. Um, but I'm like, okay, well, if I think about it, like, I don't think I've ever reached the point of like actual death, like maybe like I knew I was going to die or whatever, but then I wake up. Yeah. Has anyone else ever actually dreamed that they themselves died? No, I think I always like jump awake right before. Yeah, same. I usually jump to, jump awake, but before that, it just kind of, it's like a like a movie transition. It like fades to black, and then I wake up. Right. Hmm. Just makes me think. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like we should research that more. Yeah, for sure. Putting it on the list. <laughs> um. Cool. Cool. So moving on. Being chased, trying to avoid something. Wow. Revolutionary. (laughs) A desire to escape from fears or desires. Wow. Florals for spring. Groundbreaking. Literally. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, yeah. Being chased. Your partner is cheating. (laughs) (laughs) We all just make like convulsive sounds simultaneously (laughs) (laughs) and guess what this one means guys any guesses they're cheating (laughs) or there are trust issues or communication issues in the relationship revolutionary all right moving on the last one we have an alternative to that is being pregnant. I've never dreamed that I was pregnant, I don't think. That's not true! Didn't I have a dream about... Never mind, that was a different dream. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um, anyway, this means a wide range of things from creativity, fear, inadequacy, and, like, a bunch of other random things. Like, there wasn't, like, one specific theme for this. So that was weird. But, yeah. That's it. Those are the most common dreams, collective dreams of the human psyche. So I hate, I hate all of those, but I especially hate the one where you dream your partner's cheating because I know I have had dreams where Ryan leaves me for some other human and I wake up and I'm actually mad at him because of how realistic the dream was. Um, who hasn't been there? <laughs> I mean, really. Now that begs the question: What does the to dream of, you know, cheating actually mean? That is a good question. I have no right? idea. Like, because that is the meaning for like these other dreams potentially, but like, what is the 
act of dreaming of cheating actually about sounds like more shit that we shouldn't like dredge up though (laughs) because to be honest like these dreams are either like you're on top of the world or everything is wrong or you need therapy which yeah (laughs) yeah literally should we just go everything i've ever talked about my therapist about that's yeah Mm -hmm. that's what i feel like dreams are sometimes or it's like wow i should probably work that shit out in therapy some more (laughs) it's a whole different podcast seriously (laughs) renee brown she will help you love her um yeah so those are the top ones um that I found obviously there's like a bunch more because there just always is on the internet Google is incredibly overwhelming so yeah that's what I've got for you guys but oh oh I was (laughs) but Amelia has the facts the science I got some facts some science I looked at healthline.com. I looked at some APA stuff. So we'll see. I'm not the formatting for papers like the American Psychological Association. Um, but so I'm just going to run through because I wrote down pretty much everything that I found that I thought was interesting. And I'm hoping you guys will find it interesting too. Um, so Our most vivid dreams typically happen during REM sleep, which I think, did you guys know that? I already knew that when I was reading up on it. Yes, I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. So what I didn't know, though, is longer dreams occur in the morning hours, um, which I thought was strange. Uh, I I never really thought about, like, why you, you aren't actually acting out your dreams, but apparently your muscles are legitimately paralyzed to prevent you from acting out your dreams. Um, we dream mostly in pictures, like in stills with little sound or movement, which like, that was mind blowing. No way. I don't, no way. Yeah. I know that because I swear, (laughs) I swear that's not true. It doesn't feel true at all. I I imagine it though. It's probably like a flip book. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, because I was going to say, I feel like every, like, when I remember my dreams, which is, like, pretty often, they are, like, a fucking movie. Mm-hmm. It's so stupid. I'm like, what is happening in my brain? There's so much to unpack. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like a full-length feature film, I feel like, with every dream that I remember. Um. Okay, so more fun facts. 12% of people dream in black and white. I didn't know that. I also read that if you're over the age of 50, you're more likely to dream in black and white than people under the age of 50, which so interesting. interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that correlates at all with like advances in technology. That would be my guess. And if that is the case, I'm wondering if the statistics will go down over time as fewer and fewer generations were exposed to black and white, like um, photos and, and videos and whatnot. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh my God, that's so smart too. Because immediately I was like, "Oh my God!" So you get older and you lose like not only your real vision but like your dream vision too. Like, what oh God, have you guys ever? Pause. Has anyone here ever dreamed in black and white? No, I don't think I have. 
I haven't. I don't, I don't think, think so. I, I always remember colors. Yeah. I feel like things are always so vibrant. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. Um, what position do you guys usually sleep in? You a side sleeper? You a back sleeper? Always on my side. Stomach. stomach all the way and then side yeah, throughout the night. or side. Ah, see, I'm a side to back. <laughs> it is not good for my snoring, but it is comfortable. <laughs> I ask because if you sleep face down, you're more likely to dream about sex, being locked up, hand tools, being naked, being smothered and swimming. Interesting. What? <laughs> like some of those make sense. Hand but yeah, tools. Hand tools I know. I don't. Yeah, that that was the only one that <laughs> threw me off because I was like, "Well, okay, like sure." I don't know. Being smothered, your face is in a pillow. Being locked up, you might be burritoed in your blankets. I don't know, but I thought that was cool. Um. So I know earlier I mentioned that longer dreams occur in the morning hours. It actually coincides with the fact that nightmares usually occur in the last third of your sleep cycle. So most of your nightmares are likely more likely to occur um, towards the morning hours or in the morning hours if you have like a traditional sleep schedule. Like early in the morning? Yeah. Like, like, like four or five? I'm not sure. What time do you usually wake up, Sam? because when I have like really bad nightmares it's I literally feel like I always wake up around like 1 or one thirty. oh yeah it's like it creeps me out because I'm like if I look at this fucking clock <laughs> I'm having this traumatizing gruesome dream and it says it's between 1 and one thirty, I'm gonna lose my shit <laughs> and then I proceed to uh watch Parks and Rec for a few hours <laughs> I know. I wonder if that has anything to do, because I feel the same way when I read that. I was surprised that they're more likely to occur in the last third. But I feel like if you already operate on a disrupted sleep schedule of any sort, like if you're a taught, like you toss and turn or if you're high anxiety or or depression, like sometimes that can impact how much you sleep. Um, So maybe that has something to do with it. That makes sense because I am a super restless light sleeper. So maybe it's like the interrupt, like the interruption of like, like because you wake up so often mm-hmm. that your brain is like, this is basically one third of my sleep cycle, right? <laughs> We're good. We made it. Um, another thing that can impact nightmares is, which I have re- I have experienced like in the past few years, I don't know if it's because I'm getting old and sensitive or what, but eating before bed makes nightmares more likely because it increases your metabolism, which signals to your brain to be more active. Oh. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Isn't there like some sort of like old saying about like, oh God, I'm going to have to look it up. But it was like, oh, that was just the cheese yeah. or something. I've never yeah. heard of that. Don't have dairy before, like too close to bedtime. What? Interesting. I specifically recall having a childhood friend whose mom would be like, don't have cheese before you go to bed because you'll sleepwalk. What? And she did like, she was a master sleepwalker. I have never. It was heard a little of scary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the food thing makes sense in general. Like, okay, I guess, like, I hadn't thought of that before because I've heard, like, don't eat too close to bed either because I never had a reason. It was just don't eat too close to bedtime. <laughs> just don't. 
but I didn't realize that was because your metabolism, like, causes you to be more active and, like, I guess more awake or whatever. But why dairy specifically? Yeah, we got to read up on that because I'm very intrigued. Because if it's, like, if it's straight up dairy, like, cow stuff, I want to know, does oat milk matter? Um, do any of the milk alternatives <laughs> have the same impact? This is a study that needs to be done. I need to know. <laughs> is my nightly bowl of cereal before bed acceptable if it's with oat milk? <laughs> oh, boy. So good. Um, so those were kind of like the fun facts. There were a couple of other like pop culture fun facts that I thought were interesting. So in 1965, Paul McCartney composed the entire melody for the song Yesterday in a Dream. He woke up and played it frantically like on the piano for his family to make sure he wasn't replicating someone else's work, which like, why can't I get anything productive out of my goddamn dreams? I did not know that. Right? That's like one of the yeah, that's incredible. Oh, so cool. I have heard that one before. I don't know if it was just from talking to you, Amelia, but like that is almost just like, you know, a gift in your dream. Like it's like a psychic download. Like here's your next hit. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> like, damn. The universe here. Just checking mm-hmm. in. Here, yeah, you're going to be rich forever here. <laughs> forever. Here's more money. <laughs> money, please. Um, another, not quite pop culture but Niels Bohr, the father of quantum mechanics, attributed an inspirational dream that led to his discovery of the structure of the atom. So, also, gift from the dream that I will never get. <laughs> Amazing. That, I love that. Um, so, some recognized, so we don't, I mean, like, as a society, we still don't really know why we dream, if it serves a very specific purpose, or if it's just like a byproduct of needing to rest. But some recognized theories on what dreams mean. So there's the psychoanalytic theory, which says that dreams represent unconscious desires, wish fulfillment, and personal conflicts, which is one I've heard of a lot. Um, Just people say that over my lifetime. Um, There's activation synthesis theory. It was popularized in the 70s, and it suggests that dreams are just a byproduct of your brain trying to process signals from your limbic system, which is involved in memories, emotions, and sensations. So that was like a more crunchy theory I found. Some other interesting ones that are kind of like internet sleuthy ones that I came upon. Um, Dreams are threat simulations that prepare you when for when you're faced with threats in real life <laughs> threat simulation you know I, I, threat you know just the old ts <laughs> i can see that i guess i don't know i think that i mean i think that might yeah. be a part of it but like that's not the whole reason for sure yeah. <laughs> go ahead sam i was just gonna say where did you find that I actually, so I'm doing this new thing now when I'm researching for our episodes, any websites I'm pulling information from, I'm like literally making a references page for. So when we post our accompanying blog posts, dear listeners, and also my loves, um, (laughs) you'll have the actual (laughs) links so you can read through the information yourself and follow up if you're curious about more. Because I did it. I'm yes. Yes to all of that. (laughs) 
But also what I've been doing, in addition to keeping like links and stuff and like a note sheet, Mm -hmm. is I am checking Reddit as well. And this time around, it wasn't super successful. Like I was kind of like over it pretty quickly because I was like, all right, well, this is all bullshit. But (laughs) I did come across one user. I don't know if I should, like, shout out their username or not. I guess I will, right? Yeah, why not? So, K-C-Charles, like, K-Charles-311, posted a theory that the most... Sorry. (laughs) Um, The more that you have going on in your life, the more active your dreams are, and the less new things going on, and less active your life is, the less there is to process, which is why you don't remember your dreams as well. And I, like, read that, and I was like, whoa. Like, the more you know, Rainbow, popped up over my head. <laughs> Imagination. <I was> like, <laughs> literally. <laughs> but, like, I had never thought about it like that before, but it makes a lot of sense. Like, if your day-to-day is just, like, pretty normal and nothing crazy is going on your brain's probably pretty calm and you don't have a lot to like work through what's interesting about that though is like I think in normal times that probably applies but I really wonder how that like how that stacks up against what people's dreams have been like since the pandemic started because I think for the most part people that are doing their due diligence are doing a lot less socially and and a lot of people are working from home so I wonder if with lack of social interaction but while it's during a pandemic if that is true right because like the activity levels we hope are less Mm -hmm. but like the stress and anxiety is I think I speak for most people when I say higher Mm -hmm. um and you tend to dream more, I think, when you're anxious, I think. I mean, I think that's true for myself. And mm-hmm. the dream meetings we went over kind of tied into a lot of that, of, like, the anxiety and whatever. Right. So I am curious about that. And I did see, like, when I was poking around the other day, I did see that people are starting to, like, gather information about, like, dreaming during COVID. I didn't – um I didn't dive into it because I was like, I'm going to let this marinate a little bit. Yeah, everything needs time. It's all really interesting, but we're still in such early days that it's hard to get a good gauge. Right. But I would be like, I am curious to look into it at some point. So maybe future episode, maybe. Perhaps. We don't know. (laughs) Well, we shall see. It's going to (laughs) marinate. Oh, yeah. Uh, The other thing to one of the interesting theories, which I think it's the theory that resonated with me the most is that dreams are your brain's way of collecting and clearing out useless information to make room for new information, (laughs) which it's just based in cleaning. Hmm. Of course, I like it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The practicality. Yeah, man. I love clearing out my email inbox. It's a good feeling. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) <laughs> I just have this image of little Amelia like in her brain at her tiny little desk 
sitting on her like cushy pink brain pieces being like oh we don't need that you notice someone was wearing a cool pair of shoes today okay we dreamed about that that can go now yeah just toss it up like a crumpled paper toss it in kobe the trash can r.i.p but yeah wild absolutely wild i love that i mean i think it makes sense for most things like tosh was saying that she like has dreams about like her aerial studio so that's probably her just processing her day and then being like all right let's move on to the next thing we have to process (laughs) right exactly like it's just i think it's like a culmination of all these things we're talking about like not only like processing like your day-to-day but also maybe like preparing you for threat or just helping you kind of hash through stuff making space in your in your brain like spongebob style um but (laughs) that's the total visual i was getting by the way oh yeah um but yeah so i when you were mentioning amelia about the like analytical psychology that's something that came up for me as well um when i was doing some research on reoccurring dreams so reoccurring dreams is like the basic definition is just like when you experience having like what you think is like basically the same dream all the time it can be over an extended period of time it can be in a short a short period of time um but like the phenomena occurs and like enough for people to to recognize it um so like in analytical psychology like specifically like carl jung um i was listening to this guy john betts who considers himself a young a youngian i suppose um but like it's kind of like that basic you know psych psychology psychology type of understanding where it's your subconscious telling you a message or trying to get a message across to your conscious mind, um, you know, in, in your sleep. So maybe it's like in response to, you know, something that's going on or an anxiety that you have or something that you need to work through. And like, yeah, that's pretty basic, I think, at this point in 2020. Um, so I kind of dove down a little bit further um, and, you know, was looking at, like, is a reoccurring dream actually the same exact dream every time? And turns out that's more or less a myth because um, even small details will change in a reoccurring dream. What we're left with when we can recall dreams is more of, like, the feeling maybe some visuals or the themes that, you know, run throughout it. And it could be like very much the same dream, but there's bound to be details that differ at different times. So I guess they, you know, it would be important to write it down when you wake up so you can try to remember all the small details um, in the dream. And especially if it's reoccurring, so that way you can differentiate like as time goes on, where the differences occur. And by doing so, um, you can, you know, notice when the dream is occurring. Um, Like you can reflect on the day or days that you've had leading up to the dream, see if there's anything going on, you know, that's like a theme in our conscious life that would um, trigger, you know, this reoccurring dream. Um, And then, to in order to just like, I guess, try to get the reoccurring dreams to stop, 
Um, you know, obviously writing it down, noticing when it occurs, but also just noticing the overall themes or your strategy and specifically in response to whatever, you know, the situation is. And I responded strongly to like the, uh, the threat simulator, uh, theory, um, that Amelia mentioned, because, um, this, I guess, is like a common theme in reoccurring dreams. It's like usually like a particular situation, it's stressful or it's some sort of threat. Um, so in a, a way to combat this, if you are like suffering from reoccurring dreams, then it's, you know, write the, write it down, notice what's going on, notice your strategy. And then in your waking life, kind of like imagine your preferred response, like almost daydream about it, like play it through in your head and see if that helps make it stop, um, which I thought was kind of cool as far as like tips for anybody who's actually struggling with something like that that's, that's bothering really them. That's good advice. And I wish I had you slash this podcast when I was a kid because a different reoccurring dream I have is the leprechaun from the leprechaun movies is at the top of a hill and he's chasing me and he's scary in my dream but he's never scary in the movie so i would maybe i'll have to visualize like defeating him in person yeah like whatever your preferred response is it like stomping him (laughs) then you know spend a solid 15 minutes envisioning that that's I yeah, guess that's interesting. I've had a reoccurring dream. I feel like I've had different types of reoccurring dreams because I've had them where like pretty much the same exact thing happens every time. I've had dreams where like it's always in the same location but different events happening. But I watched the movie Creep a couple years ago and it was like the scariest movie I've ever seen and I would suggest none of you ever watch it. But <gasps> I used to have these dreams where like the dream itself would change but the creepy guy from the movie was always in my dreams and he would freak me out and then eventually like I ended up killing him in my dreams but (laughs) yes ma'am show him (laughs) I remember the day you woke up and you had killed him in your dreams and it was a celebration to be had he really was like stalking me in my dreams I don't know what it was about this movie or this man this has never happened but I was like no matter what I did in my dreams I would just be having a grand old time and then I would turn and the fucking killer from the movie would be there and so one day I was just like enough and I just shot him and it was like I had like no remorse I was just like okay you're out goodbye I love how your subconscious was like nah nah dude we gonna take care of this tonight yeah I was like this is it I'm over this (laughs) I've never question is though did did you actually stop having that dream I did for a few months he and he didn't come back at all and then one time he did and I killed him again oh my god that's incredible (laughs) (laughs) that's the only time I've ever killed anyone in my dreams and I'm not sure if that means something else we can get into that later but my gosh. Um, but I'm glad you brought that up because and how you said like the different reasons, like it, it seems like it's different types of reoccurring dreams because that's something that I also looked into. And I, I came up with this list of like six top reasons or potential reasons that somebody would have a reoccurring dream. 
Uh, one of them, what the first one that was listed, which I thought was interesting, was an attempted visitation from loved ones. And like if they're having a hard time getting through to you, then maybe the reoccurring dream, obviously dependent on what it is, is trying to get through to you in maybe terms of like a specific lesson or message. Doesn't have to be like physically of this person, like trying to tell you something, but like notice what themes are in the dream and if it could be somebody like trying to help, uh, which was one. The second one was more of like a out of body type astral experience where your you like your soul personality like actually leaves your your body and does its work, does its stuff. It visits people, it, you know, helps others, it does whatever it needs to do. Because I guess, you know, the theory, at least that I subscribe to, is that your soul like never sleeps. So the physical body gets tired and has to go to sleep and your soul would just be bored otherwise. So it can leave or it can, you know, help and stay with and help you with your dream work and whatnot. But I liked that one, obviously. That's yes. interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the other one was maybe it's a blip into an alternative <laughs> timeline. Like, right? So I'm like, maybe. But, like, that would have to be, like, maybe something, like, a decision that you've made. Like, you were close to making another decision about something, but you went one way or the other. And like that decision point is so close in reality that, and you may or may not be, I guess, so close to making that other decision where things would have played out differently. You could be having a dream, you know, similar to something going on in your waking life, but experiencing the alternative reality. Um, so there's that. And then there's like a classic one of like anxiety of a future event. So the like main example is like you have recurring dreams that you, you know, lost your wedding dress on your wedding day leading up to your wedding. So I thought that one was kind of obvious. Yeah. Like totally right. anxiety yeah. driven. Now that you planned a wedding, especially. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, um, yeah, I had that dream like four times. Uh, got it. <laughs> Check. Um, but uh, number five would be remembering past lives. So um, subconsciously, um, if you believe that your soul has the ability to reincarnate, um, then, you know, your soul has experienced so many lives up until this point and your subconscious, you know, remembers everything, which is why we have a conscious and subconscious divide. But at night, your subconscious can show you blips of past lives, um, you know, just kind of maybe trudging up stuff that happened that in a past life that you need to work on in this life. Um, so it's showing you that and, um, a good way to recognize a past life reoccurring dream is if it tends to be very emotional. Um, obviously too, if the setting appears to be like historical or maybe even futuristic, uh, that may be more of like a, you know, future past life, <laughs> future life glimpse, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Um, and that one is cool too, because I actually have like a personal story about that, but I won't get into all the details, but like one of the dreams that I've had, um, recently, I, I at least in my like twenties was that I was like on the run being chased, like had people I needed to take care of things I needed to get out of the house. Always the same feeling living in cars, living in hotels, 
um, always needing to clean up after everything. I had the opportunity to like explore that um, in a past life regression, like hypnosis session. And it totally brought me to a past life that I had, that I needed, I had stuff that I needed to work through. Um, so that one uh, struck a chord with me as well. Cause it's like, it wasn't even historical, like looking, you know, everything was modern in these dreams that I'd have. And it just was the themes, but it be having the chance to kind of dive deeper into my subconscious. It was like, this actually could be related to this traumatic event in a past life, which was so cool. Wild. Yeah. So past lives is like a whole nother podcast, Definitely. I think, but um, <laughs> <laughs> could definitely, exactly. So, you know, possible reoccurring dream reason. And lastly is just more, more like the subconscious mind calling out for healing. You know, if there's repetitive themes or feelings, like there's something you need to work through kind of similar to like the psychology approach, I think um, that I mentioned, but yeah, definitely an interesting dive in, in that pool. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> I feel like all of those make sense. Like it could be any one of those, honestly. And I don't know if it's just because like my brain's like, yeah, that makes sense to like, I feel like I can link each one to like a dream I've had, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and they especially make sense like for adult recur- recurring dreams. And I definitely have recurring themes, but I'm curious about recurring dreams in children because I remember having this dream like repeatedly as a child that I was like at the top level of the preschool I went to, but it was all, it was like wildlife, like, and not like cute wildlife. (laughs) Like Like Jumanji? Like fucking spiders and snakes. Oh my gosh. I guess it was more desert than anything. And I had to make it across to the other side, like, without being harmed. And I had that dream repeatedly as a child. And I'm like, what? Why? But, um. That's really interesting. Yeah, I remember it very vividly still. Yeah, so it totally could be a past life experience. You never know. That's true. That would make the most sense of all the theories that I've heard right. in regards to that specific dream. Yeah, I had a reoccurring dream when I was a yeah. child where my dad and I were hiding from a stampede of dinosaurs. <laughs> and <laughs> it took place in my one of my childhood best friends, like their front yard she had these big rocks and we would just like duck down behind them and dinosaurs would like run through killing everyone else, but we were safe. And I only had it when I was a child. I don't remember ever having it in like my adult life, but I remember having it a lot when I was a child. So I also had a hypnotherapy session and I asked about it and my subconscious just said, it's a protection dream. Like your dad is your you know, your go-to guy, he's protecting you. So it was just like interesting to hear that theory that I was having this reoccurring dream about me and my dad, like surviving something crazy. And, you know, it just kind of related to me feeling safe with him, I guess. That's really sweet. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I know. I love that. I love that so much. Um, 
That that is really sweet. I love that. Um, the other thing that I want to add too, and actually this kind of plays in with maybe your dream to Rachel, especially being from like when you were younger, is one fact that I found when I was poking around was that um, terrifying dreams that rouse people from sleep typically plague children more often than adults. Huh. Um, and they're usually especially vivid for young children because they typically have a harder time separating fantasy from reality. Um, and I found that in a Psychology Today post. But, I, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I mean, kind of learning about all these crazy creatures that, like, actually exist that you don't, like, see all the time. Right. We live in New Hampshire. Yeah. And it goes <laughs> for half the year. But, yeah. so that could be it. And then, like when you learn about stuff like dinosaurs and stuff like that, I feel like that stuff like sticks in kids' minds. Cause they're like, that shit's dangerous. And I'm afraid of it. Even though I don't. Have to be. Yeah. That's, real. <laughs> that's true. Anyway, so that's just a little tidbit. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to dive into lucid dreaming. Do uh, it. <laughs> I am a lucid dreamer, but I actually like practice my way into it. So if you don't know what a lucid dream is, it's pretty much when you or the dreamer is aware that they're dreaming while it's happening. So you have some control over like what you do, what the outcome is, the storyline and whatnot. So I became interested in lucid dreaming when I was in college, probably like 2011 or 12. I watched the movie Waking Life. Ooh, and I've never heard of that. It, I highly recommend it. I'm pretty sure the only place you can watch it now is by buying it on YouTube. Um, but it's still worth it. I actually looked into that. Yeah, I actually looked into that the other day uh, when we were. I was hanging out with our, our mutual friend Mage, and I was like, I couldn't find it anywhere, so I'm gonna have to buy it. But I did see it. A yes, long I actually time just ago. looked it up. It's only four dollars on youtube oh that's not bad and it's, it's like that. a yeah it's a full-length movie our friend mage that tasha just mentioned is actually the person i first saw it with um and it's like kind of a trippy movie because it's real people are acting but they've done illustrations over them and it's all about like you know am i awake am i not awake in that weird in-between state too which you know if you're in your dreamland and whatever so i watched this movie and i was like i need to try this and I did a lot of research on it. And the three things that I would do or that anyone could do to like be more open to lucid dreaming is for one, like when you're awake in your waking life, when you go in and out of a room, flip the light switch on and off, because if you're dreaming, it's not actually going to change. So if you flip the light on, it's, it's still going to remain off in your dream. That's what they say. Ooh. So I would do that. And then the, another thing is to train yourself to like always look at digital clocks in your waking life, because if you're dreaming, it'll be like glitched out and the time will constantly be changing. And I'm not really sure why that is. And I would like to do more research on it, but that is just another reminder that if you are trying to lucid dream, you can do these things in your dream to be like, okay, I'm dreaming and I am in control now. Um, and lastly was looking into mirrors is another one and keeping a dream journal. There's like a bunch of different techniques that you can do. Um, 
And like some people go get so into it that they'll set an alarm to wake themselves up like five or six hours after they've, they're planning to go to sleep. And then you're supposed to like wake up and do something like read a book or, you know, maybe journal or write something low key and then go back to sleep like 30 minutes later um, to try to like push yourself into that dream state. So it's really interesting. And as I was just kind of doing some basic research on it earlier today, I found out that only 55% of people are ever experienced a lucid dream. So that makes sense. Cause I, I honestly, I think you're probably the first person that I know of that, that like I'm aware of that is able to lucid dream. So it doesn't seem really, really common. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I don't know if I ever would have, if I didn't practice these techniques to like make sure that I was doing it. And now I can lucid dream whenever I want to. It's like really crazy. And sometimes like it just doesn't happen when I'm dreaming. Sometimes I'll be having a bad dream and I'll come back into it. And I'm like, all right, I'm taking over now. You can go. You <laughs> um, taken over by like Ocon. <laughs> yeah. Or other times it's just like a normal dream. And then I'll be like, I want to fly and I'll just fly. But I remember the first time I ever did lucid dream and it was scary because I hadn't done it before. And it was like, there's two actually that stick out. One's like a smaller short dream where it took place in my dorm room, the lovely plaza, as a few of you ladies would know. (laughs) I had the room directly across from the laundry room. So like I had the quickest walk to the vending machines and (laughs) I had this one dream where like I got up out of my bed and I walked across the hall to the vending machine to get a snack. And that's like just something that I would do all the time, obviously in college, like, and, but I was dreaming it and it was so weird. And when I got to the vending machine and I tried to like punch in my, you know, a nine combo or whatever, (laughs) it just like the screen was, it just was like glitching out. And I was like, wait a second, I'm dreaming. I'm not actually getting a snack right now. And then I woke up instantly. Oh, that's um, so neat. Yeah, and the second time was a little bit more scary. It was like a full dream where my oldest sister and I were in Boston and we were trying to take the tea, but there was like a crazy terrorist attack happening. And she like went up to the machine and she got her ticket to get on the tea and I went up to do it. And I'm like putting in my info and again, the screen just started glitching out. And then I was like freaking out at first because I'm like, I can't get on the T and like, there's an attack going on in Boston. What am I going to do? And then it was like, my brain was like, don't freak out. You're in control now. And I was like, wait a second, the screen's glitching out. I'm not actually in any danger. I'm fine. And I just got on the T and I continued the rest of my dream. What? I what was that? Okay, you might not know right off the top. That's but crazy. Did that dream occur for you pre or post marathon bombing? You know, I'm not really sure. I want to say, oh, uh, I got to think about it for a second. I know it's all so close together. <laughs> when that was like, it honestly, it probably was around that time because when was that? Like that was. 2013, I'm Googling it. 2013. And yeah. this was probably 2012, if not 2013. Damn. So, because I watched that movie, Waking Life, um, in like 2011, 2012. And 
that's when I started to like practice these techniques and whatnot to get into it. And that was like the first, one of the first lucid dreams I had. And then I was like, okay, it's working. Oh my God. So you're basically saying it may or may not have been a lucid <laughs> premonition. It could dream. have been. The <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Right? Seriously, premonition dreams are wild as well. Um, but yeah, so how do you. But Go ahead. Also, that's okay. Just like, I'm sorry. Um, just to like comment on that, um, I feel like when you're talking about like lucid dreaming and like practicing to do it, like, I feel like it's so easy, like in theory to do stuff like that, but like, it's also so wild. Like, did you actually set an alarm and like go that far with it when you were like practicing to do, do it? I didn't do that. I would just do like the simple things like flipping on the light switch and looking at the clock. Um, there's other ones like you can, they always say like, look in the mirror at yourself and see if your reflection looks normal because in real life it will, if you're dreaming, it'll be distorted. Um, and just like also. <laughs> it's like the thought of like being able to think that yeah. while you're dreaming though is I'm sure really hard for some people like those ones at least. Um, you know, it's not like a physical thing you can do in reality. Yeah, so I, I did also keep a that. dream journal because they say that if you can train yourself to do these techniques, like while you're doing it, I'm not just going in and flipping on the light switch and whatnot. I'm making a point to be like, okay, I'm awake and the light's turning on and now the light's turning off. So it's like you're training yourself, your brain in this weird way to be like, when you're sleeping you will ask yourself the same thing or when you're dreaming because you do it when you're awake. Um, but if you write down your dreams and then you go back and reread them too, like having that in your head when you go to sleep is another way to just kind of like get your brain in that motion. And it like, it's, it's it there in your subconscious as you're going to sleep. So that's something I would do. I would write down my dreams and then I would reread them later on, like when I was getting tired or like right before I went to sleep. And like, I didn't have oh. an actual journal, but I would just like write I them down that. in the notes in my phone. Because, you know, a lot of us are like scrolling our phones before we're going to sleep. So mm. I would just like, oh, let me like check out what's that dream I get I had again last night. Okay, yeah. And I would read it. Um, just to like have it be the like the most present thing on my brain right before I fell asleep. And it worked, but it doesn't work for everybody. And they like one thing if any listeners out there are looking to like try and do this, you just have to be careful because it can be scary. Um, and also like if you have bad sleeping patterns and whatnot, you probably don't want to get yourself in this habit <laughs> because it's just going to continue to like mess it up more. Um, and then the, another issue is that people have too, like if you are lucid dreaming and it freaks you out, some people get like so distracted by the fact that they're aware that they're dreaming that like they can't figure out how to get themselves out of it oh god that yeah. sounds like a literal nightmare right and there's different techniques for that too like um but it's all things that you have to train yourself to do again so like one that i would remember to do is that like if you get stuck in it and you're scared tell yourself like blink repeatedly because eventually you'll end up you'll do it and your your body will do the movements and then you'll wake yourself up what? Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. Interesting. 
I feel like the, the if I was to actually try to do this, that the easiest part for me is to exit when I want to, because that's the only time I've ever actually experienced being able to control something is like if I'm having like a really like traumatic dream or, so, or nightmare or something. And I'm like to the point where I'm like, I cannot take this anymore. I'm like, this is just a dream. You have to wake up and you have to actually open your eyes for several minutes, like look at your bright light phone and then go back to sleep or else you're yeah. going to continue to have this nightmare. Yeah, that's and similar. I've done, I've that, done that too. Plenty of times. If I wake up from having a nightmare or something, I'll look at my phone or something to distract myself or I'll get up and I'll like have a glass of water. But sometimes people, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but you'll fall back asleep into the same dream. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst, right? Especially if it's a scary dream. So the for worst. me, if that happens now, that's when I come in and I'm and then I go lucid. Because like, I know that I can do it. So I can just like pull myself into that state. It's really weird. But I don't lucid dream every night anymore. Like I don't go into every night being like, all right, let's go on an adventure tonight. It just happens now. And I'm not really controlling when it happens unless I am having a bad dream. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes so much sense. What's interesting is when you were outlining different ways or different techniques to start um, patterns to start practicing in your waking life so that you develop the ability to lucid dream is not just that you're flicking the light on and off, but that you're like, okay, I'm here and I'm turning the light on. I think that's cool Mm -hmm. because when you're really anxious or having like a panic attack, sometimes like, or trying to get into a meditative mind state, just like focusing on what you're actually physically doing or what's actually occurring or like just identifying some truths like my shirt is pink out loud can like bring you down from a heightened state so I wonder I wonder how that all plays together yeah that's interesting I would love to look more into that um lucid dreaming yeah the the whole idea of mindfulness is so on on point I think Amelia you know, and that's becoming more and more like um, mainstream these days as well. So it makes sense. It would be a great, you know, uh, technique. Yeah, to it's actually use in used for therapy life. too. It's called um, imagery rehearsal therapy, IRT. Um, so if you go to therapy for this, and this is a technique that they want you to t- try doing, it's like if you have a reoccurring nightmare or night terrors or sleep paralysis or something like that, um, Some people even use it for like substance abuse or just like general depression or stress, anxiety, whatnot. In the therapy sessions, they kind of teach you these techniques so that if you do have a reoccurring nightmare, for example, um, you know, you can train yourself to be like, okay, this is the point of the dream where things start to get scary. What am I going to do differently than I do every other time I have this nightmare? So that's probably like a lengthy process for as like a therapeutic method, but they do use it. So I've never heard of that, but that's so cool. Right. It's interesting. So, yeah. Have you guys ever had a lucid dream? I have not, but I remember like learning, I guess, learning about it or knowing about it, like, when I was younger and being horrified, like you said, because I'm like, 
you know, when the internet was newer and <laughs> everything was scary. <laughs> and, like, I was like, that sounds horrifying because I think I did read something where, like, it was about getting stuck in one. And I was like, no fucking way. Mm-hmm. I'm never doing that. Yep. And I have problems sleeping. So, right. I said, it's probably not a great idea. But also, I'm curious. I'm really curious. Yeah, I would just say if anyone is interested in doing it and they haven't just like stumbled upon it naturally, definitely take your time to look over the techniques on how you can get yourself into that state, but also what you can do if you do get there and then you're freaked out and you need to get out of it. Because just speaking from experience, once it happens, you're not like, whoa, I did it. When you're in your dream state, you're like, just like, oh my gosh, like I... It's almost like an alternate reality, you know? So it, it's alarming at first, but it does have the potential to be, like, really fun. So just do your research. As with anything. Yes. Awesome. Another successful episode, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, team. <laughs> um, and we are all individually keeping dream journals right now. Um, so keep an eye out for updates on those. Maybe we'll do an episode about them um, or maybe just like post on our Instagram. So mm-hmm. keep looking out for that. Um, and that's about it. Woo. And if you guys have had any cool dream stories reoccurring or lucid or, you know, symbolic dreams, we do want to hear them. Please, there is a contact us section on our website. You can get on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. We are everywhere. Yep. Send us a message. Share your stories. Please. We love it. (laughs) Um, All right. So we are going to sign off. And y'all take care. Until next time. (laughs) Sleep tight. Bye.